just continue on the 501 conversation, because I think it's probably one of the most misunderstood in Australia as far as a remedy goes. I think probably the least, yeah, the least used or experimented with. Like uh, I've been accused of being manipulative with the 501. What do you mean by manipulative? Oh, because I coloured my fruit, I sweetened my fruit, I um, timed my fruit, you know, for the picking. So I, I um, treat them with azafolia three times and like when our contracts were signed up a fortnight before we started picking, put the pickers in, um, I would start doing a weekly lot, you know, two rows, row and a half or whatever it was. Um, and knew at the, you know, in 14 days time, 100% of them were going to be all coloured, so the, you know, the whole tree can be picked at once, and that we'd have a bricks above 16 in the fruit, and never a letdown with that. And, um, and you believe I, this was all because of your spraying of the 501? Well, that was the timing of it, yeah, because the, the citrus, like, um, probably they're got a, um, or until I started using the 501 to actually bring them up to the, the 16 uh, bricks reading. Um, and incidentally, that was what, if, if you were below 16 bricks at Sydney Market, the fruit was sent home. Now Citrus Australia, who is running the citrus part of the business, um, last year they've reduced the bricks requirement to 10. So, you know, um, how, how they can compete on a quality basis, I really don't know. When they've reduced it, you know, by a third uh, in the, the bricks requirement. But anyway, so that's how I used to colour the fruit and um, sweeten the fruit. And the whole, you know, the, the trees could be stripped and... Uh, because I thinned them artificially with the um, with the 501, the trees were never overloaded to the to the stage where any of the fruit was smaller than the other. That was just the length of the time that they'd been on the trees. And after a fortnight, I would drop everything else off with the S roll flow by increasing the S roll flow with the 501. Oh, so you um, did six applications. How so many applications in a year of 501? Probably in most cases with the orchard, probably five in total. Wow, that's quite a lot. Yeah. For Australia, that's a large. Well, it is, but I mean, it um, no um, no fungicide application, which to me was largely because of the five hundred one. Um, no second and third picking of the trees, which was totally because of the five hundred one. And the trees never pushed beyond their capacity, so it was annual cropping, not biannual, which is a common thing in citrus. And these are from your own burial, from your own horns? Oh, yes, yes. And what do you put in the horns for your 501? For the 501, up until uh, probably about 1998, I started using diatomaceous earth when it became available, um, and I started off with 10%. Okay. In the quartz crystal, okay. and went up twenty percent, thirty percent, and then the last two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten, it was ninety percent diatomaceous earth and ten percent um, quartz crystal, and um, 
I didn't find any difference in the length of time or the, um, yeah, it, it was just terrific. And I found in the past this too, the like pasture management involved, when you don't work the soil, pasture manage, management involved having your species flower and mature and which, you know, eight or ten different pasture species. I could do that with the 501. I'd you know, spray them with the 501 and miss that feeding with the cattle and the next time they came round in the, the, um, the 38 day cycle that I ran, I would skip it for one feed which would let you know, the species that I wanted to, to flower to actually flower and the seeds were on them. So the cows were actually spreading the seed in the manure, which is a perfect way of, of um, seeding pastures. And um, so I used it for that. And um, so what, what possessed you to try diatomaceous earth? I mean, to basically you well, experimented. Because it was 85% um, silica. silica. Yeah. And it is a better form of silica as far as citrus are concerned in as much as that when it's sprayed on the foliage, it, it looks like just a light application of white dust, where with the um, um, the uh, quartz crystal, you couldn't see anything after you actually sprayed them. Mm -hmm. But what I found was that every time that dust became moist, it was releasing silicic acid, and for flavour and for, well, all of the internal quality, plus the external quality, that silicic acid is just absolutely a remarkable product. So you just kept increasing the amount of the diatomaceous earth yeah. in the horns yeah. until you came to that's brilliant. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and I think a lot of people would have criticized you for trying oh. something besides the quartz crystal, but it worked. Look, it is, yeah, it, it, I think, like coming from a living form, to me, it is more of a life process than the crystal is. I mean, the crystals form you know, for the dripping of the water, the dropping of the water, but they were living entity. Yeah. And uh, the diatom. Yes. And uh, I think if you do some research into the Eskimos and um, the uh, the other people that ride their horses, Mongolian, mm -hmm. that they were very, very aware of. Um, the value of silica in the environment and um, you know went to great lengths. The Dakar Indians, they were the ones who used to grind up the quartz crystal and bury it in the buffalo horn and um, over summer and then they would throw that on their, their ground that didn't get any sunlight you know because of the, the tall timber. Um, and produce just like it would if it was in full sunlight. And uh, I think on the ground, you know, the um, what I found, well, actually what we did um, was Karen and I went down and dug a hole down on the, on the uh, alluvial soil on the river and went down probably about four foot six and got the black river stones, which are the iron stones that roll over, you know, the mm -hmm. perfectly smooth one, and dug down and um, got this layer of, of the black stone 
and actually um, I mixed it, stirred it for an hour, the 501, and squirted it on with an ironing. So you didn't crush the stones? No, no, no. Just just, just left them as they were. Uh-huh. Just dropped water on top of them, and so it you know, cleared the tops of them. Yep. And uh, sprayed the 501 down in the hole and let it settle. And then reburied it and rammed it down. And um, we went back about eight or nine weeks later, dug them out, and every one of them were covered with moss. Now, there's only one way that we can get moss to grow, and that is with via light. And to me, light is life in the soil. And that's when I started, that's when I really got serious about using it as a soil yeah. additive. And I think it is, it is just like uh, from, from Yakun north, there was a tremendous um, problem with um, the tissue test showing no calcium. And yet there was plenty of calcium in the soil. Yep. And uh, I said, look, wasn't available. I think I would try 501. Now, starting with Ken Mason and up eight months, they had luxury levels of in by the same laboratory testing at, at uh, Lismore, mm-hmm. testing their tissue testing. Yep. They had luxury levels of calcium. And to me, I don't know whether, I honestly don't know whether the silica is making boron available, which starts the whole boron. Yeah, that's what boron, he thinks. Yeah, he thinks that the silica makes the boron. Yeah, that's... Uh, so whether it transmutes and becomes boron or whether it makes the boron available, which then makes the calcium available. But whatever it is, it's such a cheap way Yeah, he actually, he has a lot of people just putting diatomaceous earth down yeah. without the 501. Yeah. Just going straight diatomaceous earth to his, yeah. you know, yeah. small applications. Yeah, no, I, I think the uh, the silica is something that the East Coast of Australia particularly is, you know, going to get more and more wanting for. And um, if we don't use it, I think we're going to suffer the consequences of having well, look at that rice calcium Rice poor. is such a silicious crop, and he had no silica in his soil. Yeah. I mean, you would think it would be, but now that he's using diatomaceous earth, mm. 501, yeah. which she was told not to use by that particular system of biodynamics. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, but, and also, like the 501, I just, by accident, they used to love going down early in the morning in the trees and sending it up and looking at the rainbow back in the mist. And um, anyway, one day I got two rows done, and because it was at the time when I was colouring them, the eastern side of the trees... What do you mean by colouring them? The fruit, when they... As soon as they... Um, like the fruit is dark green and then it yeah. goes lighter green and then light yellow and then dark yellow and then orange. Each one of those... Um, you know, when the colour break occurs and it goes from dark green to light green, give them all an application. When it goes from light green to light yellow, all of them an application. And... Um, when it goes from um, light yellow, just coming up to the orange, I would start you know, doing the weeks picking at a time, doing them again, and like they were just, you know, we'd have five days picking from one day spraying. And your, your poke ferment, which, well, it wasn't a ferment, it was more like an infusion yeah, that that's you did, that that helped you get sweetness in the fruit, help the potassium Probably levels. the, uh, yeah, the potassium um, 
calcium, potassium, ratio, um, I'm sorry, nitrogen, potassium ratio in citrus is, is what governs the uh, quality and internal quality particularly of the fruit. And um, yeah, the, um, what do we call it, phytolacta. Yep. It, uh, I'd always have the tea there and when I would mulch the, the summer crop of Kaluna peas in, um, if the trees started to go from normal green to dark green, I would just spray, spray it on the ground, onto the ground. And um, within a few days, they went back to a normal green from that heading toward black green. Yeah, which you said was a nitrate flush. It was, well, there was just too much uh, nitrogen yep. available. And um, for some reason, um, I know it's high in potassium, but whatever it does, it rebalanced the, or uh, put the, the ratio of nitrogen to potassium back where it should be. Two years ago, when that article that I wrote on folk, on Bilaka, right, yeah. I had them put on a sidebar mentioning you and your spraying of the citrus yeah, and yeah. how you'd observe yeah. it. And I had several, the largest organic citrus grower in Florida come up and yeah. thank me. All right. He said, all my life, from the time I was eight, my job was to dig out those poke roots from the, from the citrus groves. And these people were organic for many generations. And he said, and my father told me late in life, he said, I'm going to find out what these are good for. I know they're good for something. Mm -hmm. And so when that article came out talking about fermenting the phytolacta mm -hmm. and how it put the potassium... He was so thankful, and I know several citrus growers now that have put that into practice. But I mean, with our native citrus, the the summer growth grows up, it comes autumn, and the summer grasses are dying down. Now, all of the nitrogen that would have been available to the tree is going into the breakdown of that organic matter, and it happened every autumn, and that was what kept the, the uh, nitrogen-potassium ratio at the right level yeah. from cell division right through to ripening with the fact that that natural grow up and die back down of the grass you know, falling back onto the ground, the summer species being taken over by the autumn and winter species, that was happening in their natural situation and that's what woke me up. Well, I, I've got to watch this because it, um, you know, with the amount of nitrogen I was putting in with the Kaluna peas, just mulching them back onto the yeah. the surface. And in uh, late February, there was just too much of a flush of available nitrogen. Yeah. And um, so that, the the phytolacca, the pulp liquid, because you didn't put any sugar or anything in there. No, 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 no. Just infused. Yeah, just yeah, in cold, like I. Yeah. All we did it probably uh, six weeks, probably, the, yeah, about the middle of, if I look back to my diaries, probably the middle of February, I would do my five 205-litre drum. Which would be equivalent in the northern hemisphere to something like September or something. No, I get confused. Yeah, well, this, this was, you know, coming up to ripening. Yeah. After, yeah. after cell division and growing. Yeah, autumn. Uh, and... Um, then, you know, that's when it was absolutely necessary to have that, that um, ratio correct. And, you know, under natural circumstances, it happens. Now, how would you, because 501 is a discussion, I think, is, for me, it's most significant discussion in biodynamics. 
because it takes into view that the processes or the activities or as mm -hmm. he calls them, the organizational forces. Yeah. And they've shown now that silica dust is actually arriving on this planet physically. Yeah. The planet's growing. Yeah. But it's also this amorphous level, mm -hmm. how it's sometimes physical and sometimes energetic. Mm -hmm. And here we have the silica, all of our radios, our computers, all of this is operating through silica. Yeah. And, and so we have this influx of this energetic mm -hmm. silica yeah. coming in. Mm -hmm. And I think that 501 actually sort of maybe vocalizes that process, mm -hmm. or like you said, the intention. Yeah. yeah. Because but I, I think here again, you know, when the... Um, yeah, every drop in an electrical storm, every drop of rain forms around a silica atom. And it's just, you know, it is being provided for us. And my belief, and I've had a couple of people that have definitely backed it up who are, you know, in the right place to do it, um, that it was always considered that there was nitrogen coming out of the storm, you know, electrical storms, yeah. Yeah. that it was actually bringing nitrogen. But to me, I think it was silica. Oh, or both. Pardon? Or both. Yes, yeah, or both, yeah. Yeah, yeah but I, I think the silica, because you can get exactly the same response in the paddock, like spraying it as a foliar in the paddock. Mm -hmm. If you miss a strip, you can actually see the difference in the green after about 48 hours. If you overlap, you can see a, an increase in the green colour. Yeah. Now that's how that's how sensitive the uh, past is, and when it comes to increasing the photosynthesis, um, naturally that's what's going to happen. Is that you'll get you know, if you if it's not, if it's missed it, it's not going to be as dark a green, or if you've doubled it up, it's going to be greener, and it, it's just you know visually there to see. Yeah. And I just cannot understand why. It wasn't something that was used. To me, you know, light and life are absolutely connected, indivisible. And uh, why wouldn't we put light in the soil? It really and truly, you know, to me, it is something that, um, you know, when, when you look at beach sand, where beach sand blows onto, and we had big horticultural areas growing over on the coast over here towards Nelson's Bay and Madawi, Nelson's Bay, over in the Williamtown area. That were absolutely magnificent tomatoes and most of our vegetables growing on the sand hills. And, um, you know, there's so much silica in that beach sand that um, it's just, you know, it's terrific. And the root growth. Absolutely fascinating of those plants growing in that wind-blown sea sand. Do you ever use the Equisetum horsetail um, yeah. preparation? Yeah, it's it's the one that um, is interesting to me in as much as that they're... For those crops that you weigh, you get a much greater density in, in the crop itself. I had one fellow with beans that um, simply was four applications from um, you know, from flowering until the crop was harvested, four applications, and increased the uh, the tonnage uh, as compared with the untreated equisetum plot 
by 400 weight. And uh, where this or why this additional density is occurring, I'm not real sure, but it is occurring. We've had some other people with other crops yep. have tried it and really bear it out. Yes, we're getting better weights for the same volume. It's amazing. So, I mean, there's things like that that, you know, I wish I had... Well, but it's a heavy silica, isn't it? The equisetum is a, a silica plant. I yes, mean. yeah. It's got the silica gesture just yeah. there. Yeah, and it's available.